can miracles happen? And the answer is yes, of course, miracles can happen. And you go, well, why, why do you think miracles can happen, Mark? Well, I'll give you a very short answer from physics, right? If you think of God as energy, well, if you think of all matter, everything is energy, right? You're, you're really just a flow of energy, and that's what it is. And so the question is, where did that energy come from? You've got two answers. One, miraculously, the energy just appeared, boom, from nowhere, okay? The Big Bang just appeared, boom. Well, we don't know. And of course, that takes a lot of faith to believe that, that it just appeared from nowhere, right? But that's the answer that a lot of people would give. And just a miracle happened. So the miracle happened at the beginning because out of nothing, something came. Now, that's problematic for us because we know that in this world, nothing comes from nothing. Everything is caused by something. Energy can't be created or destroyed in our experience in this world. It always is. It just gets changed in form. That's one answer. The other answer is, well, no, the, the created world, this present arrangement of energy that we inhabit was formed by God, who is the ultimate always existing source of energy beyond this created reality. So God is pure energy, spoke by his word. He rearranged the energy that was pre-existing into the form of this world. Now, you've just got a choice. It takes more faith to believe that somehow, boom, the energy just appeared. Or, hey, there was a God who's pre-existing energy uh, who formed this world. Both views take faith. Okay, so just pick what you're going to choose to put your faith in. Now, if you think that this world was just created, was created by God forming energy, matter out of energy, um, then it's, it seems to me entirely reasonable, or at least not unreasonable, and certainly believable that God could take five loaves and feed a bunch of people with that. Because all he's doing is rearranging the energy in the bread and in in that is already flowing through and connecting all of us all the time. And he's simply in that moment rearranging energy into a form that can feed us. That's not conceptually problematic, is it? That's not hard to understand. It can be hard to believe because we don't experience it all the time, but it's certainly not hard to believe. So we'll put that out. So I think this, you can say, yeah, this actually really happened. And sure, you've got to believe it. You've got to take a bit of faith, but gee, all of life takes faith. So you go, okay, Mark, thank you for that little philosophical introduction. What does this mean in your life? Does it mean you never have to go to Baker's Delight anymore? Because if you really believe you'll have an endless supply of bread, is that the take-home message? No, I think there's something more profound going on. I think this is a picture of how God wants to work with us in the world to do two things, to meet human needs and to grow us up in the meeting of those needs. Okay, what do I mean by that? What do I mean by that? Well, here's how. Imagine if you're if you're a kid and you're with your parent and they're showing you how to do something. Maybe it's baking a cake with your dad, 
or doing flower arranging with your dad, whatever it is, or your mum, I guess. I'm just trying to be very inclusive here. When you're learning from someone, what, what's the process of learning a skill from somebody? Okay, what's the first thing you've got to, what's the first step in the process of learning a skill? You watch. Okay, one step before that, motivation you've got to want to do this thing right like you got to want to do the thing so you go hey dad show me how to change the spark plugs on my datsun 120y or or dad show me how to arrange flowers i really want to learn this right okay motivation and then what you need is uh, you've got motivation what happens when you look at the task you're motivated to do it what's the next thing that happens you become aware of your need that you need help, don't you? You go, yeah, I can't do this myself. We've all seen kids who've tried to do stuff themselves and that's wonderful and you want to celebrate that, but it often ends up in a great mess if they don't ask for help. So you go, I'm motivated. I want to do this thing. I ask, I, I give it a go myself. It's a mess. Then I ask for help. Okay, then what happens? Well, assuming your 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 mentor your dad teaches you how to do it shows you first yeah okay so you show them and then what happens once you've watched dad do it a couple of times what happens next try it for yourself okay try it for yourself and then and so what happens is dad or mom steps back and goes now why don't you give it a go and then what happens you you, you watch it up you don't get it right perfectly. And then what happens? You keep refining it. Well, dad steps in and helps you and together you make it work together. So dad gets involved and works it out. What's the end goal of that process from the parent's point of view? What's the desired outcome? That you can do the thing that you set out to do. Yeah. And one of the challenges for parents, isn't it, is that it's often so much easier and quicker just to do it yourself. It's so much easier and quicker to do it yourself. But if you step in and do it yourself, what happens to your kid? They don't learn. They don't grow up, right? Okay. Can you see where I'm going with this? What's going on in this story? Okay, so Jesus has a bunch of apprentices folk around him and what's he trying to do with them well he's trying to show them how to live life in the kingdom of the heavens now he's trying to show them how to be truly human he's trying to show them how to live in this world okay that's the plan okay so hey guys come around me and i'm going to show you what real life looks like i'm going to show you how this world really works so he's out there and uh, he's gone up the mountainside. Uh, if you come with me to Israel next year in October, we'll go to this. There's a, we, we can see I've been where, this, where, where all this happens. You can go and check it out. And he looks up and he sees a great crowd coming towards him. And uh, this is a bit like, you know, your dad going to you, hey, um, you know, your bicycle bearings need greasing and changing. How about you have a go at it or whatever it might be. And he says to Philip, 
where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? Okay, now you'd assume he'd know that, right? He's walked past five baker's delights on the, up the hill. He knows where to go and get bread. And the reason I say that he knows is because there's this very interesting verse in verse six. Can you see it? He asked this only to test him for he already had in mind what he was going to do. So what's going on there? So if you step back and you think about the, the image I just set up of a parent coaching, training somebody or a master training an apprentice, this happens in every area of life. This is exactly what would happen. Well, you know, I want to see if you've learned, can you do this now? It's the, it's the dad or the mom or the teacher or the, the master stepping back and going, Hey, here's the situation. We've been working in this world. We've been doing stuff now. Why don't, why don't you have a go? And, and particularly what's he having a go at? Well, what's happened is Philip has seen that there is a vast amount of human need and he wants to meet that need. Okay, so there's the need, the motivation. Here are these hungry people. What are we going to do? I, I, I'm motivated to do it. I don't know what to do. I come to Jesus. I see the need. I come to Jesus. I said, what are we going to do? And Jesus goes, that's a really good question. What do you think we should do? How do you think we should go about solving this, right? And of course, it was a test. Just like any master would be watching, step back and watching you going, oh, okay, let's see if you've really learned how to fix that car. Let's see if you've really learned which flowers go, which rich flowers in the arrangement or, you know, how to hold that saw, how to use that nail gun. I'll just step back and watch because I want to see if you've learned. What have you learned? How good are you at doing this? So what Jesus is doing is going to Philip, hey, Philip, I love the fact that you've got, you've seen the need. Now, how do you reckon in the kingdom of heavens, we should go about meeting this need? And Philip goes, I don't know. It's kind of impossible, right? It would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. So half a year's wages, what the average annual or the median wage in Australia is $80,000 a year. He's got to come up with $40,000 worth of bread. That's a lot of bread. That's a big crowd. It's a very big crowd. It's probably 10,000 plus people, at least 5,000 men. So Philip's like, uh, hey, dad, I don't have a clue. <laughs> this assignment is beyond me. Okay. See, it's like, okay, well. And then because this, this cl master class of human need meeting is happening in a group one of the other disciples comes up and goes well, how about this I've, I've figured out a way to do this jesus i've got it okay uh here's a i mean this is just awesome here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two fish but how far will they go among so many um i i think this is awesome isn't that that's like a that's exactly what you want when you're teaching someone how to do something. I'm trying to respond. I'm doing my best. I'm looking around. I'm going, okay, I don't have 40,000 bucks to go and buy bread, but uh, 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 this is, here's something. Can you do something with this? I don't know. Like, is this what I'm supposed to be suggesting, Jesus? 
And what's lovely is, um, is Andrew's taking the initiative. He's taking a risk. I mean, there's a big risk in that, right? Like Andrew, he would have known that this was a very inadequate response, right? But he gave it a go. He gave it a go. And isn't that what we want with people? Like, give it a go. Like, don't, don't just sit there passively waiting for mum or dad to solve it. Have a go. Try it. Take a risk. Do something. Don't just sit there. Try and try something. And um, on what's Jesus' response? He says, okay, yeah, okay. I'll, now, he says, I'll show, you, I'll show you what to do in this situation. That's the big picture. But if you notice this, which I really, I think is very beautiful, um, right? Is he takes the loaves and what does he do? He gave thanks. <sighs> what do you think he's... What was he giving thanks for? Yeah, opportunity to show the disciples of a miracle is possible. What else might he have been giving thanks for? Everyone there? Signs of faith, yeah? The Lord provides? The disciples, I, so this is what I think. And I think it's all there. Like he looks at this very, very inadequate attempt to meet this vast human need. This very, very pitiful, inadequate attempt. And he gives thanks for it. He doesn't shame. Uh, he doesn't shame Andrew. Like, Oh, mate, are you kidding me? Like, what do you think? You moron. This, I mean, maybe that's <laughs> going back to Melinda's childhood. Uh, in, and we'll just workshop a bit of your childhood trauma here. <laughs> what a, you know, there's no shame. There's no, he gives thanks that Andrew has had enough faith and enough agency and just stepped out and went, Hey, uh, uh, I'm trying to learn and I'm really confused, but maybe, maybe there's something you can do something with these five small loaves and two little fish. I think that's pretty cool. And, you know, as a parent, I, I can, I, I so identify that when I, when you see your kids try to solve a problem and learn a new skill, even when it, they stuff it up, you still, it fills your heart with joy. Uh, and slight terror as you calculate the cost of fixing whatever it is. But joy, yeah, Rolf. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so they, they are learning something. They've learned. Oh, yeah, okay. Oh, 
I think I think you can do something with this, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Rolf. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's not it's not negative. It's really positive. They're learning, right? And you go, oh, it's just that brilliant. And then, of course, what does Jesus do? He goes, okay, now I'll show you how to do it. Just go and hand it out. Just go and they hand it out. They distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish, and they'd all had enough to eat. Everyone had had enough to eat. And that's a, it's in a lot of food, right? So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley, barley loaves left over by those who'd eaten. Um, obviously, they ate all the fish, but there were a bunch of them on a low-carb diet, so there was some bread left over, so uh, it was fine. But the fish was all gone, and there was, and he gathers it all up. And people think, well, what of the 12 baskets? What does that mean? And, and you know, you can think about this as maybe the fulfillment of provision for the 12 tribes of Israel representing the reconstituted humanity all being sustained by the bread of heaven. There's a thought. We'll look at that next week. Um, um, and then people go, hey, surely this guy's the prophet who's come into the world. Uh, okay, so what does that mean for you and for me? How would we summarize this? Well, tomorrow you're going to wake up and you're going to go to work. Or you're going to try and run your family. You're going to try and juggle all the complexities of life. And, and when you do that, yeah, the goal is if you're, if you're a person of faith, the goal is to learn how to do life from Jesus, the way Jesus would do your life if he were with you. So, so so the other way to put it is Jesus is as involved with us to shape us and teach us and train us in the living of life as he was with these disciples. Okay, so this is the assumption. He's, he wants to show us how to live. Now, when you get up and you go to work or you go home today or you go on to, your, you go on to Twitter or you read the paper or you contemplate the world, you are going to be confronted with an enormous amount of human need, aren't you? There's just so much need in the world. So, so the first thing that's going to happen is you're going to, you're going to have an awareness of need. Now, of course, you're going to start off being aware of your own need, aren't you? Like we're all aware of our own need. <laughs> but if you want to learn how to live from Jesus, you kind of, and the path of maturity in every area as a, as a normal human being, you don't want to, you know, toddlers are just aware of their own needs, but as we grow, we actually become aware of other people's needs and we learn to balance meeting their needs with meeting our own needs. So it is spiritually, if we want to learn from Jesus, you start, yeah, Lord, meet my needs. And this is where we start. You go developmentally in faith. Oh, I need forgiveness. I need healing. <laughs> I need money to pay the rent. Uh, I need God to fix stuff up in me. And that's cool. Like, start with that. That's great. It's clear that God cares about your needs and will provide. Okay. But actually, God has a better, bigger plan for you. What he wants to do is show you and work with you uh, how to go into the world to meet other people's needs, of which there is an endless amount. There are, it's just endless human need. So you wake up tomorrow and you go, okay. I've got to be aware of the need. And then being aware of the need, 
you've uh, got to be, the next thing that will happen is you're motivated to meet it to, to whatever extent you can. And this is a problem for us, okay? Because unlike people in Jesus' day, we can turn on our phones and be utterly overwhelmed with human need everywhere in the world all the time. So where do you even start? So we get need fatigue, compassion fatigue, and we just go, ah, oh, okay. So I left church on Sunday and I listened to this inspiring sermon from Mark and he motivated me. And I thought, yes, I'm going to go and meet the needs of the world. And then you get to Monday lunchtime and you go, oh my goodness, I'm just done. I can't even, you know, you just go, if you go into your average office and you start listening to people, and you scratch beneath the surface the, the, the amount of human need you will encounter just in the happy middle-class people who are working with you is enormous. Every one of us carries a huge burden of brokenness and disappointments and hurts and fears and unmet needs. It's everywhere if we'll see it. So we have to maintain a motivation to go, okay, well, what do I do? I want to address these needs. So this is really important. The path of, of true spirituality of following Jesus is seeing need and then actually being motivated to address human need. And then, of course, what you got to do is you've just got to act. Well, actually, uh, let me back it up. I'm not exactly, because there's a bit of a recursive thing here. Uh, you pray, let's do it that way, because, and then you act. And you're not sure which comes first sometimes. So you see the human need, and then you do a Philip. You go find the little bread and barley from the kid. You, you act, and then you talk to God about the acting, and you say, ah help me i want to do this how do i go about this but you actually act you step out and you say i'm going to give it a go i'm going to try okay jesus and you do it with jesus there's this deep the, the pattern of spiritual growth is that you do this in conscious cooperation that with jesus that he's with you and the picture i'd encourage you to hold in your head is Jesus is like your master and you're the apprentice. So he's like, if, if you had a good, a good experience of a parent teaching you something or a coach coaching you in some way, think of him as that. Like, okay, I, I want to do this. So <coughs> now I'm going to give it a go and I'm going to be talking to him all the time about this. Well, how about this? How about that? What should I do? Um, see how it works? But you've got to act. You've got to actually go, yeah, I'm going to get out of my whatever it is and I'm going to act. So now you can do this even in your workplace. You can, you can look around at the needs you will encounter just with the people in front of you. And you can say, God, show me, help me be aware of the real human needs people around me have. Give me the motivation, the desire to look beyond just my own needs to actually help them. And then take a step towards them in meeting their needs while you talk to Jesus about it. And who knows what will happen. And then you... work with Jesus. 
because he'll provide. You work with Jesus as he provides. Many of us, I, we will only grow spiritually to be like Jesus to the extent that we actually work with him in this process. Because this is the process by which all of us grow humanly. This is, there's nothing magical or mystical here. But if we don't do this, we won't grow. We'll just stay. If all we think about is our own needs, we won't learn to, from Jesus to live the way he wants us to live. We'll just be stuck developmentally, won't we? And it's easy to get stuck, isn't it? Like, think about it. Um, I just don't want to see everybody's need because it's overwhelming. Isn't it? I, I, you know, I mean, I, it's just hard. I spend way too much time at the moment looking at Twitter feeds from Ukraine. And I have to limit it because it's actually overwhelming. But then I just dive down into, I mean, the role I have in this community amongst you is I know, I just know how much human need there is in this room. How, how, much, how, many, how much hurt, how much disappointment, how much frustration, how much depression, how much anxiety, how much brokenness, how much disease. I just know, because I've known, because I'm part of this and I know your stories and I, uh, I know. So we can not want to see, and that's okay. There are times when you do just need to go to the beach and look at the ocean and forget about everything. But there are also times when you need to see if you want to grow. And then you've got to keep the motivation up and that can be hard. So where does that come from? Well, that comes from seeing. That comes from God at work in us. The motivation comes from having the, from the experience of having God meet your needs, right? If Christ would die for me, who am I to be lazy and bored about reaching out and love to others? <laughs> like, if he's done that for me, well, just that's what I need. That's where, that's where we get the motivation from. Yep, I do that. And then the motivation comes from knowing that if I work with God, actual real change is possible in others and in me. So that's pretty cool. And then you have to act. Now, act, the problem is acting can take time, energy, resources. Okay. Figure out how to do that. And then work with Jesus. And so think about this. For us as a church family, we're a network, right? So here's, here's the the church as it were as an institution but actually we're all out here in the world right how is the church going to make a difference in the world well you get you you come into our community and you get instruction and guidance and motivation and power from jesus you draw you draw that then that goes back out into you and then hey guess what you are meeting the needs of all kinds of people right? And this is happening all through the city. All kinds, you are connecting with people who will never show up at church or come here directly. You're meeting with people who would find me objectionable and annoying and would never learn from me. 
you're meeting with people who could never, never, they live on the other side of Sydney or the other side of the world, or they they can't speak English or they they could never come here on a Sunday. But you, you, as you live with Jesus, you're meeting these needs, right? And you go, wow, in all these people. That's amazing. That's a lot of needs. That's a lot of people we can connect with. And, and that's the goal. And it doesn't mean you've got to, it just means you've got to see their needs and then work with Jesus in whatever way you can to help meet their needs as you pray and talk to them about it. And that's all you've got to do. And let me tell you, as you do that, you'll discover that you'll grow spiritually enormously. In fact, you'll grow far more if you do this than if you just sit around waiting for God to miraculously grow you or make your life comfortable. Because sometimes I think this is what we do. We sort of go, if I come to church, and I'm not saying you, any of you here do this at all, but we sort of think, hey, if I come to church here and I'm a good person and I come to church, then somehow sitting here, there'll be some magic transformation that will happen by the process of singing and listening and talking. Now, now transformation will happen for sure. I'm like, otherwise, hopefully we wouldn't be doing this. <laughs> but actually the purpose of the transformation here is to empower the transformation here, which is where the real spiritual growth is going to happen for you because you're going to learn to be an apprentice. You're an apprentice of Jesus going through life, learning how to work with him to meet real human needs with the energy and the resources he gives you. I should stop talking. I feel like it's so simple. It's simple, isn't it? Okay, so on a scale of one to 10, with one being, Mark, I hear you, but I'm not going to make any changes in my life as a result of this because I'm too scared, too tired, too overwhelmed, too whatever, broken myself. Okay, that's one. I'm really not going to do it. And 10 is, Mark, I'm absolutely 100% convinced that tomorrow I'm going to make some changes to be aware of human need, to get out and meet those needs and pray and trust God to do that. That's a 10. I'm going to try something. I'm going to act. I'm going to pray. I'm going to do something different. Okay. One, not at all. 10. Yes, I'm going. Okay. Uh, Being brutally honest with yourself and don't tell me the number. Where would you, where would you put yourself on that scale? No, don't tell me. No, I'm just, just self. I mean, tell, you know, or you could, we could go around and, but I'm not, so I'll tell you the thing, right? In the coaching work I do, unless, unless you've self-rated yourself a seven, eight or nine, you are not going to make any changes. If you, if you said, ah, five, no, you know, we've got to change. You've got to make it easier. You've got to change something. You're not going to change. So it needs, so you've got to be honest. Like this isn't, you know, Make it a little easier. Okay, so rather than change, just just drill it down. Make what's one little need you could meet in cooperation with Jesus? Just a little need. Well, maybe you could just go, okay, let's be really specific. What's the, what's the smallest need you could look to meet in somebody in your life tomorrow? Does that question make sense? That's a, just a little need. Maybe someone needs, I don't know, could you commit? Do you think you could commit? to looking for somebody who just needs a smile and a handshake or a hug tomorrow and a hello. Do you think you could commit to doing that? 
just look for someone who really needs that. Like, that's not hard, eh? Okay, so you think you could get up to like an eight or a nine that, yeah, I could commit to doing that. Now, maybe you'd be like, yeah, I can, I'm going to change, I'm going to eradicate world hunger tomorrow. <laughs> go for it. Give it a go. But maybe just start with giving someone a smile and a hug and praying for them. Do you see the process? And then I think what happens spiritually is, is as we get practiced at working with Jesus in these soup, in this day-to-day -day stuff, he gives us more capacity and more opportunities and we can trust him for more. So I look at our area, I look at this and I'm overwhelmed. I go, I don't know, there's 30,000 people on the peninsula or something around here. And most of them don't know Jesus. There's so much brokenness. We, you know, there's so many parents who are having kids in this area who, who really are struggling with their parenting for all kinds of reasons. COVID, their own families of origin. How do we meet all these needs, Lord? Well, we act, we say, okay, I'm going to trust Jesus to help mobilize this community, us to start with us to say, we, we want to meet these needs. Okay, so what does that look like? Well, we've got to act. We've got to pray. We've got to trust God to provide. And, and then he'll do something amazing and miraculous. So you bring the loaves and the fish and God multiplies it. You bring your attention and your motivation and your action and God will multiply. You bring whatever you've got and God will do the rest. He can, he can multiply in ways we can't begin to imagine. Isn't that exciting? I think that's pretty cool. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that you love us so very, very much and that uh, you've met our needs. Thank you for this story. I mean, what a picture of working with you. And I pray for us that you will draw us more deeply into this life of learning from you how to meet human needs, how to pray, how to act how to uh, serve you and how to be like you in the world. And I pray that you'll give us faith as a church to, to actually trust that you can do this individually in our families, in our workplaces, and for us corporately as a church, that we together can make a major difference in the lives of many, many people as we work with you to meet their needs. And we ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen.